Well, it looks like the Lord has blessed us to uh, partake of another Holy Sabbath day, especially the one we're in now, seven weeks removed from uh, Passover. Amen. We're in the seventh week, the seventh Sabbath. I'm, I'm amazed how the Lord deals in sevens. He's a perfect God. He's a complete God. Amen. I'm thankful to be a child of the King to mm, have the mysteries given to us. The children. The foolish things of the world. We're continually confounding the wise. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Yeah, we're, uh, this is the seventh, seventh week. 49 days. And tomorrow we'll be upon Pentecost. Another holy feast of the Lord. Not that we're going to sit down to a table with some uh, chicken and some, so a table with some pizza and a table with potatoes and green beans and greens and all that stuff. No. This feast taking, it's going to happen internally. Yeah. While the world may offer us external things, try to build joy within us, the Lord has to do things internally. Amen. And it's a good thing in our eyes. Amen. Have a work of the Lord within. Amen. It's a good thing. Have him knock. Say, oh, yes, Lord. Open the door, and then he comes in and sits down and feasts with you. What the feast are for? Amen. Especially on this day of Pentecost, it's a special one. It's a good one. It's a, it's a, a feast with power. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, we do thank you and praise you and bless you. We do lift up our hands unto you, Lord, and say thank you. Hallelujah. We just wave to you, Lord, and give you an offering of praise. And honor, because you're worthy, Lord. Lord, we just humbly ask, Lord, you keep us this day. Keep us in your joy, Lord, that our joy may be full, Lord. Pray for, Lord, for Pastor, Sister Carol, Lord, as they're with the saints in South Carolina, Lord. Be with them, Lord, and I know your word will confirm itself. With signs following, Lord, they will have a love feast, just as we are daily. We thank you for that, Lord, because without you, we can do nothing. Lord, we humbly ask, Lord, this day, Lord, your blessings upon the word, blessings upon us as a people and a family, Lord, this day, and we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So here we are, seven weeks removed from the Passover, where we partook of the body and the blood. Hmm. Amen. Pentecost in the Bible, referred to as the day of first fruits. And you can read about that in Numbers 28, verse 26. It's also referred to as Feast of the Harvest. Exodus 23, verse 16. Also known as the Feast of Weeks. Amen. Pente meaning 50. 50. Let's go to Exodus. Pity meaning 50, from the second day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread or the 16th day of Nisan, seven Sabbaths or seven weeks plus the day after, meaning 50. 
Even in the Old Testament, this was also to us and to them Israel because we are Israel now. It was the anniversary, anniversary of the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. Hmm, amazing. That the feasts were even going on in that time. When God was bringing himself a people, he was making himself a nation. When he took his people out of bondage, out of Egypt, on the Passover. Brung them into the wilderness to worship him. And then he's going to give them their law to start bringing them in as a people. Starting establishing his kingdom among them. As Israel. Let's go to Exodus chapter 19. First verse reads. It says, In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim, and were come to the desert of Sinai, and had pitched in the wilderness... And then Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up in, unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of his mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptian, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Hallelujah. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. Why? For all the earth is mine. Amen. And he says, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom, a priest, and a what? Holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. It says, And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee, what, forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. And says, And be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bonds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be beast or man, it shall not live when the trumpet soundeth long. They shall come up to the mount. It says, And Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day. Come not at your wives. Don't just don't come together. And it came to pass 
on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceedingly loud. So the people of Israel heard God before it was come with a trumpet. Exceedingly loud. It must have rocked the earth. So that all the people that was in the camp, what did they do? They trembled. It says, and Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet what? With God. And they stood at the nether part of the mount. Imagine a bunch of people, Israel, just standing there. They already heard this trumpet exceedingly loud. And they're coming up, okay, what's going to happen next? And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with thee. And believe thee forever. Amen. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet God. And they stood in another part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke. Because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof in fire, huh? He descended upon it in what? Fire. Descended upon the mount in fire after the trumpet heralded. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount quaked greatly. It was rocking, boy. I bet them people were like, whoa, this mighty God. It says, and when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake. And God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on top of the mount. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount. And Moses went up. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. And let the priests also which come near to the Lord sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds about the mount and sanctify it. And it was a holy place because the Lord had touched it. His feet had been upon it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee, Aaron, thy priest, thy prophet, lest thou not... Let, and, but let not the priest and the people break through to come up, up into the Lord, unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. So Moses went down upon the people and spake unto them. And God spake all these words, saying, And there's where we receive the law. That's where Israel received the law, exceedingly and great. And when they heard the voice of the Lord, they fell down. Amen. Commandments were given unto them. This time they referred to the season of the giving of our law called Chag Ah Azareth. Azareth, season of the giving of the law. Now, Pentecost says it's a holy convocation. It means we're gathering together as a people, as in the ecclesia. A gathering. Also means it's an appointed time, an assembly, a recital, and a rehearsal. So we were doing it down here because we're at that time, you know, that was a shadow. But now since we're in Christ and in the image, we look in the light and see what's cast in the shadow now. But still, as this being a recital and rehearsal, that's going to tell us of things to come.
That's why we partake of the feast. That's why these are love feasts among us all. We're brethren. We're holy brethren. We're all one people. We're all one family. We're all one church. We all eat of the same bread. We all drink of the same cup. We're all kings and priests to one another and unto the Lord. Amen. So when we feast, our feast is a love feast. We feast on the things that are pleasant, things that are holy. We feast on joy. We feast on uh, long-suffering and meekness and temperance and faith. That's what we feast on. That's the table that's laid before us. And that's not something that our hands, that man himself can conjure up. But it's the Lord within us that lays out the table that we sit down with him and feast with. Amen. Lord said he is the truth, the way, and the life. We're entering the truth by Passover. Which is out, you know, when we did the teachings on the temple, the the courtyard, the outer court. Now we're kind of coming into the way. It's amazing the Lord has the males appear three times a year before him. He does things in threes, huh? He's the Father, he's the Son, and he's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. We're still one, though. Amen. Jesus says he's the truth, the way, and the life. The temple, as we are, we have a courtyard, we have an outer court, we have a sanctuary, and we have a holy of holies. Well, we can, you know, start out in the outer court. You know, we got to break through that flesh. We got to crucify and slay that flesh. Then we can move into the sanctuary, to our soulish realm. Start making our petition, and then when we get breakthrough and get into that, that soul, and then we get into the Holy Holies, which is the Spirit. There is a way that we must go. And now we're kind of moving into the sanctuary, Pentecost, as we know is the giving of the Holy Spirit. That prepares us to move into the Holy of Holies. Amen. Which we know at the time when we're reigning with Him, we'll be at tabernacles. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us go to Leviticus 23. You can almost see how this enemy, Satan, likes to be a counterfeiter. So we got this world, this cosmos out here that's trying to mimic everything of God. Trying to give, you know, us things through the flesh. Just to please the flesh. The external things. Lust is always on the external. Trying to feed some kind of lust that's on the internal. But I'm glad that God does things from the inside out. Just like I said before. But it's amazing how the devil will take it and twist it. And try to do and pervert those things which the Lord is trying to fulfill within us. And do the 180 and try to help us fulfill it outwardly. Hmm. Some people seek joy in a bottle. In drugs. In this and that. How many of us have seeked joy in many ways that we tried to get it externally. Try to get it from the world. But the Lord wants to burst something within us from him. Because he is a, we know he is a giving Lord. He is a giving God. But the God of this world is a taking God. 
Never giving nothing. Always taking. He come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his table. Amen. But our spirit man, the one that's going to live forever, hey, your flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom. This thing is going back to the ground, back to the dust, back to the dirt, where all the flowers and all the ferns and everything can grow up in it. But our spirit man, he's going to live forever. And we're thankful for that. And we've got to feed that spirit man. Amen. Leviticus 23, 15 and 16, 17. It says, on, And ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought forth the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. And we're, on the, we're now in that day of that complete seven Sabbath. <laughs> it says, even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer what? A new meat offering unto the Lord. Amen. Now, we know that the ceremonial law for us as kings and priests has pretty much vanished and passed away. Because now it's fulfilled in Christ, which is fulfilled in us. So the wave offering, in a sense, just like during the, when it was praying, is us. Giving up a wave offering when we wave our hands back and forth. Well, Any time that we give them. Tomorrow, what shall we do during the Feast of Pentecost? Wave offerings. Wave offerings. Wave offerings. Giving thanks and thanking you, Jesus. Why? Why? Hmm. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Verse 17, and ye shall bring out of your habitations two loaves of two-tenth deals. They shall be with a fine flour, and they shall be baked with leaven. They shall be full. They are what? The first fruits unto the Lord. You know our Lord and our Savior and our King was first fruit? Hmm. Amen. Now let us start building up this. This is a beautiful thing. The way the Lord does things in order. And decency. Just for us. Because he's continually commending his love toward us. Even in these feasts. So he wants us to dine with him. And learn of him. That's why we sit down and observe him. I mean, much of the church world out there don't think these are important. They don't think these are important. Many of them not filled with the Spirit to know how much they're important. And because they're not filled with the Spirit, they rather liken the Godhead into three beings and not one because they don't know the oneness within themselves. Amen. Let's go to the prophecy, Joel 2.28. Joel 2.28. We have much to offer unto the Lord, and we have much thanks. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because we've already been through the experience of Passover and the death angel passing over us. And now, because of that very same thing, of us experiencing that Passover and, and, and walking in newness of life, now we've got, we got a little first fruits that we can hold up and give to the Lord. 
Amen. Because of that very thing. Amen. Hey, we done started a new year. Hey, hallelujah. We're in the third month. According to the people of God, but look at the calendar on the wall that the world has, huh? Another mimicking, huh? Something that's going to vanish away and perish. Things of God, I don't think they're going to vanish away and perish. I think they're eternally established in the heavens. Hallelujah. 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 Joel 2.28 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Meaning he's not going to pour it upon what what the world calls the Jews. He's going to pour it upon all nations. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And it says, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I thank the Lord for pouring out of himself. Whoo, glory. Seems like you just can't get that cup full sometimes. Let's go to Matthew 3. We're going to build this up here. It's a beautiful thing, this feast, that we're given honor and predestined to partake of. So we go to the Lord expecting. Amen. Amen. Matthew 3.11. Talking about John the Baptist. And this is testimony here. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto what? Repentance. Yeah, the water is an outward sign, but the actual baptism that takes place is a person actually repenting. Because most of the time in repenting that has a godly sorrow, there's a lot of water shed, ain't there? Yeah. That baptism takes place, the cleaning, the cleaning, the cleaning, telling the Lord, hey, forgive me, Lord, for I have been a, a, a vile, a vile disgusting, and I have offended a holy God. Yeah, the repentance is the baptism. It is an inward thing. And because what has actually happened inwardly first then then there's an outward sign for all the world to see that the people go down in the water and they die and they get buried and then they bring them back up out of the water and they're washed and then they're newness of life. They become a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Hallelujah. John says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I. Because when Jesus came, he said, John said, I got to decrease now. And he must increase. Amen. He is after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. What's he going to do? He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire said whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and after he thoroughly when the purging goes forth his fans in his hand and the weed is being thrown up and then all the the holes and everything that does not have no substance is blown away and nothing left but the pure kernels 
says, I will gather my wheat and gather his wheat into the garner. But that thing which was blown away after he blows it and after he blows it and after he blows it, because that fan is a mighty wind. The chaff and everything and all that which is blown away, what it said he will do? He will burn up the chaff with what? Unquenchable fire. Amen. Mark 14. I thank the Lord for saving grace. Whew. I thank the Lord for the daily baptism of dying daily. Because we know in Christ that we don't remain dead. We know he ain't going to suffer his holy one to see corruption. We just rise up again in newness of life. Every day is a new day. Amen. Mark 14, 22. This is the one that's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Mark 14, 22. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread. What did he do? He blessed and broke it and gave to them and said, take, eat. This is my body. This is when they were partaking of the Passover. He's showing the first time the Passover, the true meaning of the Passover to his disciples. So I'm glad we have passed from death unto life. And as he did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave to them and said, take, eat, what? This is my body. And he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. See, he was showing them shadows then. But after he was crucified and risen again, then they actually saw the image. Because they saw when the blood was actually shed. When actually that spear went up into his right side and it came out blood and water. Amen. Because many times they watched Jesus take a few loaves and a few fishes and feed multitudes. And I don't know what the disciples at that time were going, what meaneth this? What meaneth this? But it was still in the back of their mind. But this, this didn't come to fruition. The seeds were planted, but they didn't come to fruition until the Savior had risen. And then they understood it was all about Him. Then He opened he, uh, their understanding concerning them out of the Psalms and the prophets. He opened it up until them. Then they understood, why, Lord, this is concerning you, Lord. That bread which you, Lord, you multiplied, you blessed and you multiplied, that was you, Lord. You mean I can take a little Jesus? A little piece of bread and feed multitudes? Yeah, that's what he was saying. Yeah. Because take it as his body. His body was the word. Word is the bread. Bread, the body is the church. Amen. And just a little piece of this loaf right here. Just one, you, me. Just one piece. Can feed multitudes. 
It's because we have received. It's not something we conjured up and dug up and looked what I found. But there was something give to us. We might have got a little portion. We might have got a little talent of it. But when we give it, and it's God's giving, it increases itself. God's the one that gives the increase. One man planteth, one man watereth, but it's God that gives the increase. Yeah. Amen. So me, we being many are one bread. So many of us, we can break off, go give. Amen. And he said unto them, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many, and wasn't shed until the cross. Then he said a very important statement. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Because I know at that time when they were drinking, they was actually looking at a glass of wine saying it was a blood, but there was a different wine that he was referring them to. But that time he was showing them a shadow. The blood. The wine. Till that day that I drink it new in what? The kingdom of what? God. Let's go to Matthew 9. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Amen. It's a good thing. Matthew 9, starting at verse 15. I know y'all see me up here kind of running around. That's, I'm just get excited sometimes. And can, you know, you just can't contain yourself, you know, so you just got to somehow expel that energy just a little bit. Hoping the people see your excitement, you know. <laughs> Amen. Matthew 9, 15. Because we're feasting, ain't we? Amen. Because I'm in this joy and I'm excited and somebody say, oh, give me a piece of that. Give me a piece of that. And I join. Yeah, we feast, huh? Amen. Matthew 9, 15, and Jesus said unto them, said, can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But says, but the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them and they shall fast. And the disciples did fast for a little time while the bridegroom was away from them until they received something. And it seems like sometimes when we kind of get... The Lord is away from us. We time to get into a spiritual fast. Mm -hmm. We start longing for him and start hungering for him and start needing him. But the fast is there for that purpose. You know, knowing, hey, hey, the sustenance that I need for my life, it's, it's not there. So I get down on my knees and I start, I start, yeah, because of my fast, I humble myself. Then I can go unto the Lord's table and eat. Amen. Amen. And they shall fast. Matthew 9, 16. And he says, concerning this same thing, no man putteth a new cloth unto an old garment. It means while you're in this time of fasting, something's going to be renewed in you. Mm-hmm. How many times any of us get into a, a fast without food and water and notice how a renewing takes place? How much when you know you, you keep that time appointed, you, you know, you make a vow unto the Lord and you keep the fast that many days and then once it's broken, then you feel this 
bold presence of the Lord with you, this powerful presence of the Lord with you. Amen. It's kind of a renewing. But in the same sense, you know, the Lord says that. When the bridegroom shall be taken from them and they shall fast, then it says, No man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment. You know, we just can't take what he's basically saying, take the old man and put something new on the outside to cover it up. <laughs> For that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment and the rent is made worse. Matthew 9, 17 says, Neither do men put new wine into old bottles. So it's new wine. They're talking about, I'm going to drink it new with you in the kingdom. I can't put it in your old, Adamic nature state. Amen. But I've got to put it into a new bottle. So while the bridegroom is away, I, pres I, I know that you will be made new. Amen. Because through that fasting, you put off many things. Put off many things. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles. Why? Else the bottle breaks. They can't contain it. The bottle does not have the strength for the strength of the new wine. And the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles. And both, what? Are preserved. How many preserved bottles do we have in here today? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Preserved you enough to make it to another Sabbath, huh? Preserved you enough to uh, get ready to take, partake of another feast. Preserved you enough to make it through the week. Preserved you enough to, to, to step on the devil's head with your heel. Oh, yeah. Yes. Amen. For the scripture says, For behold, the kingdom of God is where? Within you. And I will not drink of that wine until I drink it new with you. Where? In the kingdom of God. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 1. says, The former treatise that I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, said, Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he threw what the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Meaning that they couldn't dispute it. They couldn't say it was wrong. They couldn't say it was made up. They couldn't say it was error or fake. You mean it was for true, for real. Being seen of them how long? Forty days. Even after his resurrection. Forty days, huh? And speaking... Of the things what? Pertaining to what? 
the kingdom of God. Now, he's, he's talking to them a whole time that he's there, 40 days, speaking to them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Because, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he's going to drink of this new wine with you, where? In the kingdom of God. Amen. And being assembled together, hmm, look like it had a little convocation going there, with them, commanded them that they should not depart, what, from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, you have heard of me. Again, he said, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. It says, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7, he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But he says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. It says, and when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So when that Holy Ghost has come upon them, that's when they become what? Witnesses. So do people need the Holy Ghost? I believe so much they need the Holy Spirit and filled with them. Because many of them are giving witness to what? That don't have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's why we got all these sects out here of what they call Christianity. And when the, he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, it was like, oh. As he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white peril, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Amen. Let's go to John 7. There's a lot of scripture. But it's all speaking of one. This book is one. Amen. John 7, 37. Talking about John, I mean, talking about Jesus when he was at the Feast of Tabernacles here. John 7, 37. It says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, talking about tabernacles at that time, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Ain't it amazing? Sometimes that fast increases your thirst. Especially for Jesus. For his love, for his mercy, for his loving kindness. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, what out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hmm, amazing. 
what's he speaking about here? You know, he's telling his disciples this. And telling all around them that heard him. He said, but this spake he of what? The Spirit. Which they that believe on him, what? Should receive. So a true belief, you should receive the Holy Spirit, right? It's what the scripture says. The scripture cannot be broken. It does not go forth and then stop what it was meant to do. Because the word is settled. It will accomplish what it's set forth to do. So if he said it, you should receive it after you believe, he's right. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Why? Because that Jesus was not yet, what? Glorified. As you, as you can see, anytime anybody receives the Holy Ghost, they're in a heavy, heavy, heavy place of glorifying God. Amen. Especially in the time we're in. Especially in the time of Pentecost. There's a, there is a song called the Hallel that the Jews at that time used to sing during this feast. And it was a great and magnifying praise to God. Because Hallel, in a sense, means that only God can boast because he is the Almighty. He is the Holy One. Without him, there is no God. There is nothing without him. That's why we say hallelujah. What's the first word, letters of that? Hallel. Lu, hallel, yah. Mm -hmm. All praise, all boast, all glory, all honor belongs to God. That's why that's a universal word. Amen. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Let us flip over to John 12. I know many times we get in them times of praise and worship and we just, all of a sudden, you know, the praise and the worship, we get so enveloped in it, get so enveloped in the love feast that the walls of this world just fall away and time just, just kind of fades away and next thing you know, just... You know it, but it's just an amazing thing. This thing just fall away, and then you're just there in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, as the Holy Ghost does come down and talk with you and feast with you, and as you eat with him and as you eat with him, more joy, more praise, honor, more glory. As you give him, the more given to you, and the more you give back, and you're like, whoa. Sometimes, you know, you just wonder if this body's going to take it, you know. You just know within yourself, that, Lord, I just can't praise you the way, you know, my heart's wanting to praise you. My, my speech is limited, yeah. Because that Jesus will not yet glorify. But if we glorify him, hmm, if he be lifted up, he's going to draw. He's going to draw. Amen. John 12, 23. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. And it took each one of us to 
fall to the ground in repentance. Fall to our knees and fall down to the dust of the earth. Took us to die. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. Because yeah, when we showed that outward sign of repentance when we were buried with him in baptism unto repentance and we rose up in newness of life, yeah, that corn went into the ground. But it's like the scripture says, you know, God had given it a body as it has pleased him. We know, what chance is this seed going to be? We didn't know that later on in life after we went down and we were born again that we would be in this place in life. We wouldn't know that this kind of fruit is coming out of us and being trying to be instilled in us. Because the Lord does wait for the precious fruit of the earth. Yes, He does. Amen. Hallelujah. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. Because if, if it don't die, it stays by itself. and it don't, I mean, it's just one thing there that's not doing nothing. It abideth alone. What's it giving? It stays in the earth and it's just hidden. But if it die, what does it do? It bringeth forth much fruit. As our Lord and Savior did, huh? When he was crucified, died, and was put into the sepulcher, put into the ground, was that first he also descended, just like a little seed does. When a seed germinates, what's the first thing it sets out? A root base. And the root base goes down. And once the root base is established, just a, just a little bitty seed. It's amazing. I think I taught in times past about, you know, just the, just the science of a seed, how, you know, how much it magnifies God and his glory and his knowledge. That he, even at that time he was trying to teach his disciples because, yeah, that was a physical thing, but they can look at it and see the nature of it and how it performed and what it did to speak of them spiritual things. So Jesus went down into the earth and set captivity captive. And when he done that and established that, then he rose up again. Amen. Broke forth from the ground. Amen. It abideth long, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And he says, he that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life, what? In this world. Not hate, uh, uh, basically our living being, but hating our life as pertaining to things of this world. The, the, what the world would dictate you to have as life. Because each of us have experienced the thing that we have hated in ourselves that was from this world. What we learned from the world and the things that were still pulling of us. The things, the veils that are daily being pulled from our eyes that were awakening up. The darknesses that we were in because we were once in the world. But now we're then pulled out of the world and now we got to be washed daily. And each one of us has this testimony and this experience that we can speak of. And because, you know, there's a lot of people out here that needs to have this piece of bread. And the ones that have hearing ears, they will take and eat that bread and they'll think about it. One man watereth, one man planteth, one man watereth, but it's still God that gives the increase. Amen. 
So what if some don't hear us? Oh, well, we have done our part. Amen. Amen. Field is the world. And days are getting slim. Getting ready to roll this scroll up. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. John 14, 15 tells us, If you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. First thing he says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. And, then it's, it's, it's the join too. If you do this first, you'll love me. You'll keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with, where, with you, how long? Forever. So once this Holy Spirit is within, that's it. That's for an eternity. Yeah. That if you grieve him not, your name is, all of a sudden you depart from the Lord. Start serving other gods and your name gets stricken from that book of life. But if you still abide in his love, keep his commandments, which are not grievous. Amen. It's amazing these days and times that people think the commandments are so grievous. They think call them religious because they don't have the one on the inside bearing them witness. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by what? The Holy Ghost. So without the Holy Ghost, without the one on the inside, how can love be shed? Is that not, nothing, you know, we... We come out of the womb of our mother and then said, we're automatically loving, were we? No. Had to be first given to us. We had to first know that we had offended a holy God. That his love was commended toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because we were the elect, the holy of God, that were pre preordained from the foundation of the world. That God, you know me? Even before I wasn't. He said, yes, you were in my thoughts. And at the appointed time that my word goes forth, I planted it way back then, but it didn't come to fruit to a certain day. Amen. Amen. And here we are. Amen. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even what? The spirit of truth. Why? Whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because it seeth him not. You know, the things of the world, you know, when we're in the world, we had to have things we can see, touch, taste, and smell to say, okay, that's real, that's real, that's real. Well, I know our God, he exists by faith. And only by faith, that's the way he pleases him. Like tomorrow, our feast is of faith. Not like some we're going to be gnawing on a chicken bone or a piece of pizza or Shoveling down some green beans. No, we're going to be shoveling down some, some long-suffering, some gentleness, some meekness. We're going to be partaking of that, and then at the same time, we're going to be giving it. We're going to be sharing. Yeah. Amen. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, who the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, and neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Jesus prophesying here. Amen. It says, I will not leave you comfortless. Hey, I'm not going to leave you alone while you're in that time of fasting. I'm not going to leave you alone. Because it's amazing, you know, 
a true, you know, born-again believer, he does go through that time of fasting when he knows he needs the Holy Spirit. There's something within him just boiling and just yearning and just, I need, I need more, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I received this initial renewing and stuff, but I need it to continue. I need power now. I've got an enemy I see now. I've got an enemy that I didn't see before. All of a sudden, you know, all things have become new. You know, that thing what I, which I thought highly esteem, all of a sudden, whoa, forget that. No, no. Whoa, the things of God all of a sudden become, wow, wow, wow. But there was something missing. That was that yearning for the Holy Ghost while we was yet fasting. Between our actual baptism into repentance till we got baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Thank you, Lord. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. Hallelujah. 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 John 14, 20 says, At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. What day? What day? What day? When the, when the Comforter is come. When the Holy Spirit is given, that Spirit of truth comes within. Amen. Then, at that day, you shall know that I, you're going to become witnesses unto me. Not only in Jerusalem, but now it's the whole world. Amen. That day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Okay, okay, I'm in the Father, that's one. And ye in me, that's two. And I in you, oh, that's three beings, huh? No, that's one. But how do I know this? When he has come, the comforter. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Amen. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, 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 how is it that you will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Amazing, huh? Hmm. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him. And what? Make our abode with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 16. Well, John really puts this down boldly. Because I like it when it's in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And it declares that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. John said, yeah, the disciple who Jesus loved. Yeah, he loved us all. Amen. But John just, I guess, like throwing that in there. Amen. Amen. We can tell his love toward the Lord, though, mm. through his letter, mm. through his testament. Amen. John 16, 7, verse 7. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Thank you, Lord, for telling me the truth. It is expedient for, the, 
you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin. Boy, and when he comes, boy, he, he, he goes seeking after sin, huh? Ain't going to get that thing out of there, huh? Whew, praise the Lord. And of righteousness and of judgment. Why? Of sin? Why? Because they believe not on me. Of righteousness? Because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment? Because the prince of the world is judged. Mm. I have yet many things to say unto you. But you cannot bear them now. Because the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Mm. Let's go to Jeremiah. Let's continue with that. That's pretty good. I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, what's he going to do? Guide you into all truth. For he shall not what speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. What's he going to do? He shall glorify me. Why? For he shall receive of mine. Amen. And shall show it unto you. Boy, he's a giving God. Amen. Then Jesus says, all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take a mine and shall show it unto you. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. Amen. Because I go where? To the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 31. Starting at verse 31. Jeremiah 31. Amen. 31. Again, he says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a what? A new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Jacob. This is going to be the covenant in his blood. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. What's he going to do? I will put my law into their inward parts. Even though they received it by the sound of a trumpet and by the hearing of the ears and then later on by two tables of stone, now he said these laws are going to be in you, in your inward parts. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And after that, I, and I and will be their God and they shall be my people. And because of this, and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, 
For they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. At the fulfilling of that, let us go to Acts chapter 2. Starting at verse 1. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. It says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And it says, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, not as on Mount Sinai upon the mount, and the mount was scorched, blackened with the fire. But now this fire set upon each of them. Amen. There came, suddenly came a sound, where? From heaven. Ooh, as of a rushing mighty wind. So I remember that time when Jesus had his disciples there, and all of a sudden he went... Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. They, they probably heard his, their, his breath in every one of their ears. Now I bet this brung them to remembrance when they, how would they know that that's a rushing mighty wind from heaven unless the Lord has said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, he was building them up into that time, wasn't he? Getting them pieces here and there. Because you know at the time they were walking, they're going, what meaneth this? What meaneth this? What meaneth this? Then after he died and rose again, then he said, Thus it behooved Christ to die and rise again the th- third day to suffer these things. Then he then opened he their understanding. I bet they were like, Wow! 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 All them scriptures. Wow! Wow! This is, this is you, Lord? Amen. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's... Fast forward to verse 14 because we know all of a sudden they were in the upper room and then they came out to be witnesses, huh? Yes, yes. They were all filled with the Spirit and then all of a sudden when they filled the Spirit they had come out and be witnesses yes. of all those that were gathered there on that feast day, huh? So that the others could feast with them, huh? In verse 14, but Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his hands. Why? Verse 12 says, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Everybody's like, What's going on? You know, what's this tumult? What's going on with this? Others mocking said, These men are full of what? New wine. Hmm. (laughs) 
But Peter standing up with the 11, because I, I know many times, you know, when you get into that special area of praise and worship, it's just talking intoxication, ain't it? That's at that time when everything falls away, where time has no substance. Where you feel like, you know, I've only been on my knees two minutes. But when you come out of it and look at the clock, man, I've been here three hours. And I have no, no record of it. Amen. They, these men are full of new wine. Hmm. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all that ye dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. They're not drunk with that wine, that external wine. They thought they'd been up there boozing and cruising and carousing. No. They were drinking of a different wine. Yeah. You remember when y'all you received received the Holy Ghost? Boy, that 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 spirit, that 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 way you felt like whoa! I carried last week. That's when you received the Holy Ghost, honey. He, he, I mean, he was like, <laughs> pray, Hallelujah, glory, glory, Hallelujah. You know, the, it was so just so filling, and just his body just can't take it. You know, and it's like, oh, Amen. For these are not drunken as you suppose, it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the jo prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in these days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And we're in them days. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let us fast forward again. Verse 29 of Acts chapter 2. Men and brethren, Peter's still speaking. Let me freely speak unto you the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Hallelujah. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascending to the heavens, but he saith unto him, himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Hallelujah. 
That's when he, when he ascended, he left captivity captive. Amen. He triumphed over them in it, making a show of them openly. Yes, he did. Amen. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when, we, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And this was on the day of Pentecost when it fully come. And Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the Holy Ghost is a gift, but he's also got a gift with him too. He's going to abide with you forever. So if he abides forever, what's going to happen with you? You shall abide forever. Eternal life. Amen. Amen. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And in many other words, did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation, that they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So there's the fruit. The day of first fruits. 3,000 souls being saved. Praise ye the Lord. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls saved because of one seed planted into the earth. Huh? That word of God being planted and it dying in itself and then it rising. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Let me read you this. And behold, one came unto him, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto them, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, Keep the commandments. And what did he say? If you keep the commandments, I will pray unto the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12. Let us end with Hebrews 12. Because you remember that at the day, at that time, the feast of uh, I think it was first fruits, feast of weeks, they received the law yes. on Mount Sinai as it was burning and trembling and quailing and fire and smoke and thunderings and lightning were everywhere. Hebrews twelve, starting at verse eighteen, says, talking about us now. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. 
For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But it says, but now you are coming to Mount Zion. Hallelujah. That's the mount we have come unto. Hallelujah. Especially on this day of Pentecost, we come unto Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. The kingdom of God, huh? The heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable company of angels. It says, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which God, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. So let us take heed that we, everything that we heard, we not, let them not slip. Because tomorrow, what shall we do on the feast? Wave. 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 We're going to give a wave offering of thanks unto the Lord. We're going to praise him in the most high. That's where, where the hallel comes from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what shall we do tomorrow? We shall feast. Amen. Continually. For the Lord desires us to do so, so that we may not be unfruitful in the knowledge and wisdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for another holy convocation, another recital, another rehearsal, because... See, like every year we just learn a little bit more about our Lord. We need to get a little deeper understanding. We get, our Lord said, boy, he's past finding out, ain't he? Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Our blessed Heavenly Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, we do thank you and praise you, Lord, for your word, Lord. Because it does, when it enters, it gives us life, Lord. We thank you for the joy, Lord, we have received today, Lord. For those that have received it, Lord. Pray, Lord, that the seeds planted, Lord, will be watered, Lord, and you'll give the increase, Lord. Thank you and bless you and praise you, Lord, for giving us the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, giving us entrance into eternal life, Lord, giving us this gift, Lord. Do thank you and praise you, Lord, as we come upon this holy Sabbath day. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen. Bless you all. Have a great Sabbath. Have a blessed Sabbath.